Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. On today's podcast, we'll be rebroadcasting one of our most popular readings from the past year, an edited adaptation of Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay on self-reliance. This adaptation is also included in our new hardcover book, Evergreen, 50 Inspirational Life Lessons, a book which makes an excellent inspirational gift for milestone birthdays, high school and college graduations, and of course, Christmas and Hanukkah. To learn more, please go to inspirationallifelessons.com. Now, on to today's reading. The power that resides in you is new in nature, and no one but you knows what you can do, nor will you know until you have tried. Trust thyself. Every heart vibrates to that iron string. Accept the place that divine providence has found for you in the society of your contemporaries. Great men and women have always done so devoting themselves childlike to the genius of their age, with all of their being. Like those who have come before us, we must accept with highest mind our transcendent destiny, and behave not like cowards fleeing before a revolution, but like fearless guides helping others advance through the chaos and the dark. There are brilliant, formidable, playful, and eloquent voices which we hear in solitude while young. But they grow faint and inaudible as we grow older and enter into the world. Society everywhere is in conspiracy against the self-reliance of every one of its members. Society is a joint stock company in which the members agree to surrender their liberty so that the shareholders might enjoy the illusion of greater security. The virtue that society demands most is conformity. Self-reliance is its enemy. Society loves not realities and creators, but names and customs. Whoso would be a man or woman must be a nonconformist. Whosoever seeks after the creative life of the spirit must not be hindered by the name of goodness, but must explore whether it be goodness. Good and bad are but names very readily given to this or that. The only right is that which follows your inner spirit and guiding light. The only wrong is that which dims this divine light. Nothing is at last sacred but the integrity of your own mind. Absolve yourself to yourself, and you shall unlock the door to your destiny. I am ashamed to think how easily we capitulate to badges, titles, and dead institutions. Every individual whose society deems decent and well-spoken affects and sways me more than what is right. We ought to remain strong and vital and speak the rude truth in every way. Though we may come off occasionally as impolite or graceless, the truth is handsomer than the affectation of love. Your goodness must have some edge to it, else it have none. Be prepared to shun father and mother and wife and brother when your genius calls you. Should they ask you why, simply reply whim. 
Let's hope, of course, that it is something better than a whim, but we cannot spend the day in explanation. Do not feel compelled to explain to others why you seek out or why you exclude certain people from your circle of friends and confidants. Your life is for itself and not for a spectacle. But seek out a life that is of a humble strain, so that it is genuine and solid rather than glittering and unsteady. Your primary concern should be what you feel called to do, not what other people think. This rule is hard to keep, both in real life and in our intellectual life, yet it is what separates greatness from the commonplace. It's especially hard because there will always be people who think they know what your duty is better than you know it. It is easy within society to follow the world's opinions. It is easy in solitude to follow our own. But great individuals are those who in the midst of the crowd remain true to their independence of thought. When you feel tempted to conform to the crowd, remember that it scatters your force. It wastes your time and blurs the impression of your character. But do authentic and original work and everyone shall know you. Stay true to your work and you shall reinforce yourself against all the conformists who oppose you. And oppose you they will, for there is nothing the world likes more than to whip the nonconformist with its displeasure. Trust yourself in all important matters. Don't worry about being consistent, nor hold an undue reverence for the past. Why keep your head turned over your shoulder? Why drag the corpse of your memory around, lest you contradict something you said earlier? Suppose you should contradict yourself. So what? A wise rule is never to rely on your memory alone, but to bring the past for judgment into the thousand-eyed present, and live always in the new day. A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds, adored by half-baked politicians, philosophers, and preachers. With consistency, a great soul has simply nothing to do. You may as well concern yourself with the shadow on the wall. Speak what you think now in hard words, and tomorrow speak what tomorrow thinks in hard words, even though it may contradict everything you said today. Fear not being misunderstood. Pythagoras was misunderstood, and Socrates, and Jesus, and Luther, and Copernicus, and Galileo, and Newton, and every pure and wise spirit that ever took flesh. To be great is to be misunderstood. Every person alive is in the midst of writing a book, and in that book we are what we are. Our character teaches above our intentions. We like to imagine that we communicate our virtues or vices only by our direct actions, and do not see that we breathe virtue or vice every moment of our lives. The force of your character is cumulative. It builds and grows. Honor is venerable to us because it is an ancient virtue. We admire it today because it is not of today. We love it and pay it respect because it is self-dependent, self-derived, and of an old immaculate pedigree even when it is shown in a young person. The essence of genius, of virtue, and of life is spontaneity or instinct. 
We lie in the lap of an immense intelligence that makes us receivers of its truth and organs of its activity. When we discern justice, we do nothing ourselves, but allow truth and justice to spontaneously awaken from within. Every person discriminates between the voluntary acts of their mind and their involuntary perceptions. But it is the wise person who knows that to the involuntary perceptions, a perfect faith is due. The idlest reverie, the faintest native emotion, should command your curiosity and respect. For one never knows when the soul is sending a message. When the soul speaks, it communicates, not one thing, but all things. And accepting that message requires courage. Because whenever a mind is open to receiving divine wisdom, old things pass away. Teachers, texts, and temples fall as it absorbs the past and future into the present living hour. Therefore, do not worship or idolize the past. The centuries left behind are conspirators against the sanity and authority of the soul. Time and space are but physiological colors which the eye makes. The soul, however, is light. Where it is, there is day. Where it was, there is night. And history is nothing more than a cheerful parable of being and becoming. Today, however, people have grown timid and apologetic. We no longer stand upright and dare say, I think, I am, but quote someone else instead. We've become despondent whimperers, afraid of the truth, afraid of adventure, afraid of death and afraid of each other. We shun the rugged battle of fate, where strength and vitality is born. We could learn much from the blade of grass or the garden rose. The roses you see today make no reference to former roses or better ones. They are what they are. There is no time to them. There is simply the rose. It is perfect in every moment of its existence. Its whole life has been a unity of action. In the full-blown flower there is no more. In the leafless root there is no less. Its nature is satisfied, and it satisfies nature, and all moments alike. Now take a look at us. What do we do? We postpone. We remember. We don't live in the present, but with a jaundiced eye, lament the past. Blind to the riches that surround us, we stand on tiptoe to foresee the future. We cannot be happy and strong until we, like the rose, live with nature in the present, above time. And it all begins by being true to yourself. If you live truly, you shall see truly. It is as easy for the strong person to be strong as it is for the weak to be weak. So choose strength. Choose it now. When you have new perceptions, be prepared to discharge old memories like garbage to the curb. When the spirit calls you, when you have life in yourself, it won't arrive by well-trodden paths. You won't discern the footprints of any other person. You won't see the face of anyone else. You won't hear any name. The way, the thought, and the life shall be wholly strange and new. It shall exclude example and experience. 
All persons that have ever existed are its forgotten ministers. Fear and hope are alike beneath it. In the hour of your vision, there will be nothing that can be called gratitude, nor properly joy. The soul raised over passion beholds the eternal truths about life, and calms itself with knowing that all things go well. Vast spaces of nature, the Atlantic Ocean, the South Sea, long intervals of time, years, and centuries are of no account. Life is now. Power exists not in repose, but in that moment of transition from the past to a new state of being. This is the one fact that the world hates, that the soul becomes. For this knowledge forever degrades the past, turns all riches to poverty, all reputation to shame, and shoves the saint and sinner equally aside. The soul requires self-reliance because self-reliance is power, and power is in nature the essential measure of life. We are in desperate need of greater self-reliance throughout our society, in our religions, in our schools and universities, in our work and ways of living, in our governments and more. Remember to always follow your inner genius and never imitate. Your own unique talents are something that you can offer others at every moment with the cumulative force of a whole life's cultivation. But if you try to imitate the talents of another, you will only ever succeed by half. That which you can do best, none but your maker can teach. And no person yet knows what your gifts are, nor can they, until you have shown them. Where is the master or mentor who could have taught Shakespeare? Where is the master who could have instructed Gandhi, Martin Luther King, or Joan of Arc? Every great person is unique. What makes Van Gogh Van Gogh is precisely that part he could not borrow. Another Shakespeare will never be made by the study of Shakespeare. Develop your own gifts and talents with reckless abandon toward distant horizons. Live true to yourself. Live now. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. For free transcripts of our podcasts, visit us online at livinghour.org. Today's podcast was sponsored in part by autosuggestion.io. Transform your life in 30 days. Discover the autosuggestion sound method at autosuggestion.io. And by Book of Zen makers of wearable inspiration and motivational gifts. Visit them online at bookofzen.com. Subscribe to the Inspirational Living Podcast by looking us up in the iTunes store. If you are using an Android phone, you can find us on Google Play, or you can download the Stitcher app and you'll find us on there. We deliver new podcasts twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. Thanks for joining us. I look forward to talking to you next time.